Hi, welcome to the Briones Pickleball Podcast. My name is Jordan Briones, your host, and this is episode 006. We have some exciting things to talk about today. And again, we have my amazing co-host, Kaden Imoff. What's up, everybody? Kaden, what is up? What's going on, dude? Not much, man. I had a super long day yesterday, but I am feeling very rejuvenated by this matcha tea latte by Starbucks. Um, I decided to get chocolate cream cold foam in it. Yeah. Tastes pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie. Well, Starbucks, if you're out there watching, uh, you know, you know, we're a potential sponsor. You know who to contact. You know who to contact. Um, yeah. So in today's amazing episode, you're going to want to stay tuned. We're going to be talking about uh, obviously, we're going to start off with our weekly strategy pickleball tip. We're going to be oh, yeah. talking about how pickleball is literally exploding all across the nation um, and with indoor and outdoor facilities. It's true. And then we have some interesting interviews for uh, with some pros and a whole bunch of stuff to just talk about in this last uh, last PPA event, there's paddles being tossed different places. Um, watch out for those. Um, and then, yeah, there's just a lot of madness going on. Um, but it's a crazy weekend for pickleball. Yeah, crazy, crazy weekend flight cancellations. But all in all, um, pickleball is still on the rise, and we're all happy about that. It's never been bigger. Never been bigger, and it's it's only on we're all, we're on the way up here. That's right. Um, That's right. But uh, yeah, so we will, yeah, so stay tuned. There's some very, very exciting things happening. Um, and we're going to start off with that strategy, pickleball tip, you know, on this podcast, this is what we do. We are here to give you pickleball news and all things pickleball, but we are an educational channel and we both want you all to improve and continue to watch um, good content, solid content so that you can improve your game. So we will actually switch it up. And Caden, I'm going to sw- I'm gonna volley it to you. Whoa, I love that. Okay, um, here we go. You ready? I, well, I'm going to actually dink, dink volley. Dink this one back to me really so, quickly. All right, and then so, I'll dink it back to you. Hold on. Ready? Aim small, miss small. Okay. Mic drop. All right. All we right. can't literally drop these mics, but... Nope. All right. So um, you, you and your little phrases, huh? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know okay. why. I love phrases and I think it's because like growing up, you know, anytime a teacher talked to me in paragraphs, I was kind of like, well, what's going on here? But anytime they, you know, like anytime there was like a little song or, you know, a little phrase that you could just remember, that's kind of what helped me get through. Um, So for me, phrases are big. Okay. So you said aim small. Miss small. Miss small. So why don't you explain that one? Yeah. So when you guys are playing pickleball, I feel like... What happens most of the time is it's it's that same mindset of please just hopefully I can get this ball over the net. And and I respect that you are trying to get the ball over the net and trying to win some points. And, you know, you can expect that people will make mistakes for you every now and then. As you get higher in level, you have to be able to pick a target, you know. And if you're not going to make that target you can miss that target by an inch or two, but you shouldn't be missing it by a foot, right? So if you guys are out there and you guys have the mindset of just get the ball over the net, you guys are setting yourselves up to not hit that ball in any particular spot. You're just kind of, 
what I like to say is you're just driving and you have no location, hmm. right? You're, you're driving yourself to work and it's your first day and you have no idea where it is. And you just say, well, I, it's got to be east somewhere, right? And you just drive until hopefully you find it. Yeah. You're probably not going to end up finding it. Yeah. So pick your spot. Once you've picked your spot, try and go to that spot. If you don't succeed, it's not the biggest deal. All right. I would say personally, if you guys are trying to improve and you guys are picking a spot and you are going towards that direction, but you miss it by a little bit, that's not something to be upset about. But if you're just hitting that ball over the net to get it over the net, eventually that tactic will fail you. All right, Caden, good, good tips. Um, just a thought on that. Um, in your So let's say we're talking about dinks, right? Yeah. And uh, what would you, let's say you're dinking straight on with that kind of mindset. What are, what are kind of some of the spots that you're looking at? Yeah, so, I mean, you can always kind of mix things up, but... So a few spots, right? You can go to the center of their feet. You can go to their left foot. You can go to their right foot. Yeah. Um, I am a big believer in forcing low contact, whether that means they're taking the ball in the air or off the bounce. It, that doesn't matter. Yeah. But if they're making an upward motion on their swing, then you're in the you're in the clear. That's good, man. Right. Yeah. You can also hit to space. Mm-hmm. Right. Space means to the left or to the right of them. Space is spots that they're not, so they have to move towards that ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, really good, man. Um, and on that note, um think that thing back to you. Okay. And then I will reset it back, oh, actually. Here we go. I want to stay on this topic just for a little bit. Um, yeah. Aim small, you said miss small, right? Oh yeah. That's really it's really good tips that you that you uh, provided there. Um again, obviously I think the biggest thing is like what you said, is we want to make sure that we are actually picking a target and people will say, you know, dinking with a purpose. Yeah. You've probably heard, you know, things like that, but that's very, very important. The only thing I would add there is, um, you know, this is why drilling, this is why practicing and all that is very, very important. Yeah. We want to be practicing hitting to those spots. Oh, for sure. Things like that. Because what I do see a lot of is I do see players at times, uh, aiming really close to the line right on really for really small targets but they might not have the skills yet right so there's a lot of errors there for sure um so that's one thing i would i would mention there any thoughts on that no i, I think you're i think you're right i think it obviously takes a specific skill set uh, skill set to you know to be able to pick targets but that doesn't mean you can't work towards it yeah you know what i mean and like you said drilling is so important because I'll be honest with you. I mean, most of the time I see people play games, there is absolutely no thought process going on in their brain whatsoever. They're mm. just hitting the ball. Yeah. Right. So, or they're surviving. I hear that a lot. I'm surviving yeah, or I'm just right. reacting. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So if you're not working on it, there's, there's no way to improve on it. Right. Yeah. So I would say for the people that take my classes or, you know, take lessons with me, like that's time, you know, time to work on it. So once you get into a game, you can start to think about it and, and improve on it. But I mean, it's hard because most people, when they play a game, their mindset is to win, right? Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many people are in my clinics and then go to leagues. And, you know, before they start their league, I say, hey, you know, wh- what are a few things you're going to work on today? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to work on my footwork. I'm going to work on my dinking. I'm going to make sure my hips are going when I'm serving. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's, that's great to hear. 
Yeah. I see them two hours later. I'm like, so how'd it go? They're like, oh, it was great. I went five and one today. I'm like, um. Mm. That's a good tip. So maybe focusing too much on the result. Yeah, right. I'm like, I didn't ask about your results. I asked Mm. how it went when you were working on those things. Yeah. And on, on that note, when you are working through things, again, there's so many things, especially if you're at the lower and intermediate level there, you know, we're talking about technique, you're talking about strategy. There's a lot of things to learn. My recommendation for you is to just focus on one or two things um, at a time. Yeah. Right. You can't focus on 10 things. Um, you know, so if you go out there in a game, focus on one or two, make sure you're doing those very well. And the goal is to get that um, more and more natural. Yeah. And, and so that you're doing the things Right. So just for example, like if you're working on getting in a good ready position for your paddle, you know, for the whole, for the full game work, make sure you're trying to, to make after every ball you contact or your partner contacts, make sure that you have their paddle in a ready position. So for sure, that's my thing. I'm going to, now we're going to jump into my little strategy tip. You dink it over to me. Yep. Um, thank you, Kaden. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, so this one is a strategy slash technique mm. slash safety oh. tip. Holy crap. Yeah. What, 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 did you say three things there? Three things. Okay. Um, right. and they, and I'll explain. This one's gotta be good. Um, it's very short actually, oh, what? but I'm going to explain. Okay. All right. So, um, don't backpedal on your overheads. Ah, okay. Smart. So the famous, the famous or infamous, whatever you want to call it, the backpedaling. What I mean by that is once you see the ball go up and it may go over your head, the first thing, uh, first of all, as a safety tip that you don't want to do is go back on your heels and like you're, you know, you're running back backwards, right? Right. Very dangerous. Obviously, I'm, I'm sure you've seen people hurt themselves. Too many people. Doing Too many that. people. Um, so first things first. Um, you know, you want to drop your dominant foot back. Okay. Right. We want to get in more of a close stance position right? so that we can be in a strong position to hit an overhead. Yep. Um, and without going to the full overhead technique, that's what we want so that we can shuffle laterally at that point. Yep. And then if it does go overhead, then we can easily turn and run the ball down. Um, Love that. Yeah, I actually got that question um, from uh, a listener or follower that actually uh, sent us an email. Oh, really? And he says that he says this. Why, why don't you? So that that was my uh, tip. But we're gonna break this down. This is a question we got from Bill K. Okay. All right, Bill. It's, it says, uh, "Should you always hit the ball in the air if you can when retrieving a lob, or should you ever let it bounce?" Thanks from Bill K. What do you think about that? Uh, what would your response be? Okay. Bill, that, that's actually a great question. Um, so for me, um, when I teach the overheads, I say personally, when you see that ball go up the right, your dominant leg, right? If you're left-handed, it's going to be your left leg. Yeah. If you're right-handed, it's going to be your right leg. That step back is always super important. All right. Now, when you look up, there is a range of motion in your neck that is going to tell you whether mm. that ball should probably bounce or if you should take that ball in the air. All right. So where my neck is going right now, by that point, if that ball is already beyond my vision, I'm going to let it bounce. Mm. All right. If it's in front of me, then I'll take it in the air. 
Okay. All right. So it's based off of your vision and where you kind of see that ball as you look up to to Mm. track it down. So if it's like, obviously, if it's already over you and you're you're like, your chin's going way up, obviously, we want to run that down. Correct. Right. Okay. And so I like that. For Bill, you know, Bill, I would say if you can take that ball in the air, 100% try and do so. Um, just because, I mean, you might not get another opportunity in that point to get that ball, right? Yeah. So if you can take that ball in the air and hit a put away, I would say 100% give yourself a chance to do so. But mm-hmm. that being said, if you do find that you look up and that ball is already past your vision, then I would recommend letting it bounce. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good thoughts. Again, I never thought about the, uh, the vision or loss of vision thing. Um, but really good tips. Uh, at higher levels, I would say, you know, obviously we're seeing a little bit more offensive lobs in the game. For sure. Um, so, and offensive lobs, I mean by players hitting a lob from the non-volley zone line offensively, not not that like they're on the defense. Right. But, um, and we're seeing successful ones. Yeah. Uh, very successful Yeah, ones. for sure. And um, I think that really, uh, if you're also, so again, for higher level players, if you're in a position of power, I mean, sometimes we may have to be hitting an overhead, falling back. Right. But uh, players are so good that if you don't hit a strong overhead, that counter will come back uh, really quick. So oh, sure. I, I would say uh, for higher levels too, make sure you're kind of aware of how how good of a shot or how good of an overhead you can take. Yeah. Um, because there are some that I'm way off balance and maybe I could have let drop, but I'm falling back trying to hit it overhead and we end up missing the ball wider into the net. For sure. But but even though I, I could reach it, doesn't mean maybe it's the best play. So right. I would say your balance and kind of where your weight's falling, keep that in mind. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, when you guys are hitting the overhead, one thing to watch for is is your body placement for when you're hitting that ball. Um, I feel like people see that ball in the air and no matter where it is at their body, they're still trying to hit it. So if you guys find that the ball is behind you when you guys are hitting that ball, you guys aren't hitting that ball cleanly. So just keep that in mind. If you can, when you're hitting your overhead, if your body is not behind that ball, I guarantee you, you will not be hitting the overhead that you thought you'd be hitting. Yeah, no, really, really good. Um, now that was our strategy uh segment there we're gonna talk a little bit about the pickleball explosion oh i mean time bomb i mean time bomb nuclear time bomb nuclear bombs obviously we have we've known this sport is exploding um i think there's even other stats that are getting released how many million tens of millions of players are are playing oh for sure but um obviously celebrities coming into the game there's there's PPA MLP leagues, um, what? Just really quickly before we hop in and and talk about specifically courts that are that are going in, Caden, what have you noticed? I mean, what has been the biggest thing um, to you that you've seen in the past year or so with pickleball? I think just the growth, honestly, um, and I think for for me specifically, the amount of kids that are now starting to pick up and play pickleball yeah um i don't know if you uh if you saw this but 
at the last PPA here in Arizona at Legacy, at, uh, at the complex I work at, um, the the four uh, the three five to four five brackets were full of uh, GCU students. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, oh, from the college. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, and I'm not gonna lie, they were walking past me, and this guy, these guys looked like a full on club. I mean, they had GCU pickleball with Nike shirts and logos on their shirts. And I was like, okay, these guys are legit. Like these guys aren't messing around. These guys love pickleball. They created a club at their school. And I guarantee you, they probably play like every Tuesday and Thursday and have like little round robin tournaments and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, man, imagine if I was at college when this stuff was happening, I would have had a blast. Well, that's another topic or that's another thing we could get into. You know another, what I mean? Yeah, another it's time. like people my age actually wanting and liking it, pickleball. You know what? Um, a few years ago, it was an old man's sport. Yep. Um, not to uh, say it in a degrading manner, but <laughs> it was, you know, there was, it's still a lot of retirees, a lot right. of players, and we um, love you guys. Sorry. And gals that take up this sport. I think it's obviously one of the reasons why this sport has exploded is because, you know, a lot of people who have never played any other sports, right. it's something they can play. It just had a goofy name and everybody wanted to crap on it until they played it and they were like, oh, wait a second. Okay, this is actually kind of fun. So, you know what? Shout out to my high school friends who used to roast me and call me Pickle Boy in high school. Really? Look at me now, folks. Okay. So, Caden, a.k.a. Pickle Boy. That's I right. didn't even know that, dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, my uh, my Snapchat story's name is called Pickle Boy's Adventures. Oh, uh, nice. Okay. Uh, I like I've, that. I've, I've, I've taken the name in, and it's it's a part of me now. Really? Dude, you never told me that. Yeah, don't don't mention that actually ever again. <laughs> you guys didn't hear that, all right? <laughs> yeah, so just right here, I mean, uh, this is one of the, you know, one of the many um, articles that we've seen, but New York City unveils first indoor pickleball courts as game trends in U.S. Sport is for everyone, Lifetime CEO says. Um, wow, that's actually a beautiful building. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I've heard that the... Uh, the monthly charges are going to be very, very high, but I mean, it's New York. So yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Again, what they're doing all over the country and there's more and more indoor places, um, popping up and outdoor obviously, but you know, these abandoned malls, strip malls, these, these abandoned shopping centers, right. Um, pickleball, um, it's, it's space. It's utilizable. I don't know if that's the word, but space, um, and again, we, it's just growing the sport, obviously like compared to tennis and things like that, you can fit a lot of pickleball courts and, you know, within a, a tennis, um, area. You know what the first thing I notice is in this picture? What was that? The MLP and PPA logo. Oh, look at them. Which getting... means I think the PPA eventually will be going to New York. Oh, man. and if they go to New York, you know what that means? Kaden Nemov's going to New York. I love New York. Oh, I've only been there once, and I love New York. Have you had New York pizza? That's like the that's like basically what I had every day there. Even though I was playing in this tournament, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I went once. So good. I went once. It was great. But yeah, speaking of um, indoor facilities here, um, for those of you that may know somebody with some expendable cash or money. Or even maybe yourself, um, you know, you worked really hard um, throughout your career and you just, 
you have money and you just want to invest in something, I do have an opportunity for you. Uh, the Pickleball Kingdom, locally here, here in Chandler, Arizona, um, shout out to Pickleball Kingdom. They are actually franchising. So, um, you know, I think, they, I think they're the first ones to do this, actually. So if you're interested or you know somebody that is interested, um, the Pickleball Kingdom's franchising, go ahead and click the link below. We'll, we'll leave a link in the description so that you can contact them directly. Um, if you know somebody with some with some money and they want to invest, or if you would like to do that too, um, yeah. So do you know do you know where Pickleball Kingdom is looking to uh, to go? Yeah, I talked to the owner the other day. All fifty states. Wow. Yeah, he's a. Uh, he is uh, a man of big dreams. So, um, yeah, shout out to Mike there at Pickleball Kingdom. This is actually where we have done a lot of our filming. You probably noticed that. And also, this is where currently I'm doing uh, my two-day intensives here. So, again, if you're looking for a place um, and a coach, a good coach that you want to train with for a couple days, you can fly out here, um, have a good two days. We offer a lot of different things um, check that out in the description below as well. Um, so yeah, if you're in, interested in franchising or know, know somebody, just check the description there. Pickleball is a sport to invest in, folks. You know what? We see the billionaires. We see the regular Joe mm -hmm. Smoes. Everyone's trying to get in. That's right. You know, I want to invest. Everybody wants a piece of pickleball. We've got to let's. We'll save up some money, then we'll okay. And maybe okay. we'll maybe we'll I'll invest. In I'll sell my car. <laughs> Yeah, you might you might want to start with that. I'll, I'll, I'll try and sell my apartment too if I can. Yeah. So speaking of indoor facilities, Caden. Yeah. Um, what happened? Or you know, let's let's jump into the next next segment here. Yeah. Well, as you guys know, um, Jordan just mentioned that more and more pickleball facilities are being built, and obviously where there's you know kind of some crazy weather, they're trying to go indoor. So I mean, you uh, you know places like Washington. Um, obviously Canada is one of those places as well, but, um, but there are a lot of places where, you know, you get a lot of snow throughout the year, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, maybe from November through, you know, February or even March. Yeah. Um, so there are places that will not even bother with outdoor because it's either snowing or it's raining, which means your only option is to go indoor right now. I will say. I have seen a lot of indoor pickleball facilities not done well. Mm. All right. So if you guys are planning to create or build or invest in a pickleball center that is trying to make it, make sure it is correct. Yeah. I've so, seen a lot of pickleball facilities that. So what are, so what are some things like, again, and this is, this is a good thing to talk about just for, you know, people are doing sitting, sitting part of city planning on boards right, right. and things like that. What are, what are, so the first thing that I can say, um, if you're going to build an indoor facility, make sure you have enough room. Yeah. Right. Okay. So when we talk about room, we're talking about an adequate, adequate, whatever <laughs> room on, on the sidelines and on, on the baseline. Yeah. So that, sure. that's number one. What, what are a few things that you would, you would, Add in there ceilings. Mm. I see a lot of buildings with ceilings that are not high enough. Yeah. Um, so it's not the worst thing at the end of the day, but but if you're gonna build courts, build courts to the point where whether you're hosting a 3-0 or a pro match, anybody could play on that court. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So you don't want to have your ceiling hinder any points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you need to have ceilings that are high enough. Well, if I had to pick between ceilings and space, I would, right. I, I would pick space. I would pick space. Honestly, if you yeah. didn't say space, I would have said space. But since you said space, okay. I said ceilings. Right. Yeah, actually, I mean, I mean, building uh, our court here in our backyard, which you see me filming on a lot as well, um, you know. It's a good looking guy up oh. there on that on that. Oh, yeah, TV. look at that. Look at that left-handed <laughs> forehand there. <laughs> okay, but yeah, when I was, uh, you know, building my court, you know, space was a big thing and i actually could have went a few feet in uh, oh really a few feet in you know um and on the sidelines maybe a few feet in from the baseline maybe right. save thousands of dollars but right. i'm actually glad i didn't yeah so the court i built is 65 feet by 35 feet and I, it that's a good slab I, yeah. again i would probably i would say that's that's good and if you have more than that then that's great but right yeah you don't you definitely i've never heard someone say um i built a court too big and I regret it. It's always the other way around. <laughs> right. You know? Right, right, right. For sure. Yeah. But, um, on that note, speaking in the records, this last PPA. Yep. Was, um, at, was it, that lifetime? It was a lifetime in Minnesota, um, indoor facility. Um, obviously I wasn't there for this one. Um, so I don't know how many courts they had, but, um, based off of how the tournament went and everything, I, I, I think it went pretty well. Yeah, so we're going to be talking, we're going to jump right in to PPA, and I don't know where you want to start here. We can, instead of um, moving right into the the results in the brackets, let's just talk about some interesting things. Some of the chaos that ensued this some weekend? Of, some of the PPA chaos that ensued. Let's, let's uh, actually, uh, we'll, we won't start with that. Let's, where do you want to start? No, I would love to go right into the chaos. Right, right in the chaos. Okay. Right into um, the chaos. I'll have a list here. You know what? We're, we're just start with uh, the interviewer of interviews. Wow. Um, the, the man, the myth, the legend, James Ignatowicz. Total stud, dude. Oh, my God. That guy, that guy not only had himself a weekend <laughs> of pickleball, but that man was all over my social media with his interviews. Dude, I think, honestly, now maybe he's this guy. Because I haven't met him personally. Okay. James, you still got to come on the pod. But I don't know. Is it like a PR stunt? Or is this guy just amazingly talented at <laughs> at what he does? I don't know. I, I, you know what? I feel like I love James. So he's actually a super nice guy. But, but by the way, for those of you listening, we're going to hop right into his interviews. But oh, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. I, I think... You know, Ryan Sherry kind of held last year for, you know, um, interview of the year. And, and I mean, actually, what's funny is Ryan Sherry's famous interview was actually from the Minnesota tournament last year. Oh, was it? Yeah, because that was the tournament that kind of singles was up for grabs and he ended up being beating Julian Arnold in the finals and God, yes. all I remember was he was all he was talking about was Casamigos and yeah. the party buses the week before. Yeah, yeah. And how he was in prime time pickleball shape to uh to win a singles final and and so I think uh he was basically saying like he drank all night and he just he he just shows up to partied all day and work. showed up to work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh and I think James James had to had to know that, you know? And maybe he didn't. I but, don't know. James but he, took it up. But he to said uh, he said Ryan Sherry Hold my, hold my beers. Hold, beers, my, hold uh, my Casa Amigos. Multiple, yes. Right, exactly. And and he uh, he went for it. He went for it. All right, so we're going to actually 
So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, James Ignatowicz, sponsored by Selkirk, by the way, shout out to Selkirk. He had a ball here. He balled out. Oh, yeah. Here at the PPA Minnesota. Um, I have a few... I have a few interviews here, and this is the first one that we've seen. Um, and again, I'm just going to play it for you guys so that you can hear. If you're watching on YouTube, then you can see this. Daddy's home. As well. No, did they make a remix? <laughs> <laughs> okay so oh i see i was trying to that shout out to evie and webby that, that's from their channel i guess they made a remix but um he said something along it says here ignata which is crazy i like it with, with the crying laughing face but no dude james is something else dude um is that from a movie or something do you even know or is he, is he just is he just big daddy i mean you know every uh Every guy likes to, uh, you know, think they're daddy. Um, but, but I, oh, I mean, dude. after the way he played this weekend, he, I would say he deserves that title. Dude. You know, he deserves to call himself daddy for the next, yeah, he, next few weeks. Yeah, he's give him that. He's something. I'm telling you to to keep these interviews um, interesting. I'm telling you, he's doing a really good job. Yeah. And live here, I don't Borski. You know, she's newer i don't know if i've seen her i don't know what happened to han and john's but i have never seen Liv borski in my life but uh you know yeah she's chill she's chill i will say um you know hannah hannah does a good job of you know kind of showing the enthusiasm yeah. kind of getting things uh you know amped up and ready to go yeah. uh, people people like to complain that you know when she interviews ben and colin it's a little weird because you just see three yeah. johns in the in the photo mm -hmm. and i would agree it's a little odd but also at the same time i think hannah does a great job yeah and so, uh so. and i i saw this actually I saw a Facebook comment on the Pickleball Forum. Also, you people on the Pickleball Forum are crazy. But someone posted and said, I never thought I'd say this, but I miss Hannah Johns. And that sent me to Mars. I literally died oh, laughing oh for gosh. about six minutes and 42 seconds. Wow, you timed it. I, nice. I, I, yeah, in my brain. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so um, live. I think you're great. I think she's a nice young lady. And I yeah. think that, uh, you know, I actually, when Hannah John started interviewing, I actually remember this. She wasn't the best. Yeah. Actually, let's let's think about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't. She was a little rough around the edges. Yeah, a little but, rough but around the edges. So. she's definitely gotten better. So we just, you know, drill that interviewing For skills. Sure. And I think sure. that. Uh, it, take, it takes time, guys. It takes you got to You got to give it a second. All right. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, oh. Oh, we, whoa. We will, I guess we're going to, let's see here. We'll go, we'll go back to that one in a second. Yeah, we're going to go back to that one in a second. Okay, so either way, um, there was another, okay, I just don't have it pulled up. But so James Ignatowicz had another interview um, in singles, I think after he won the semis. And and he talked about, a uh, shout out to Christian Alshon. Yeah. Right? Um, dude, the funniest quote was, yeah, everyone, he basically said something to the tune of, yeah, everyone thought this game would have been close, um, but actually, uh, actually, it was close at zero zero two or zero zero one rather. Yeah, no, that so, was uh, that was pretty good. I, I'll be honest. He, um, it actually it it wasn't a terrible match. It wasn't like eleven no, two eleven no, three. No, 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 no. You know, but uh, 
But the way <laughs> but, the but, way James stated that was it was it was actually pretty hilarious. Now it's legendary. Yeah, I don't know if they're they're friends or not. Maybe there's some friendly banter. But you know what? I did find out Christian posted a a tweet, correct, or something yes. like in January, yeah. I guess. About uh, I think I could probably beat Ignatowicz with a wooden board, with or, a wooden spoon, or spoon, yeah. or something. And I want to say previously before that, he actually said I. Uh, will win a PPA singles title before James Ignatowicz. So, oh, so you know, yeah. I would say James this this weekend um, knew where his opening was, mm. had a chip on the shoulder, and he said, "All right, I got this little itch here. Yeah, I'm gonna have it uh, tickled. Yeah, this weekend, I'm I'm gonna have it tickled, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna have this thing off my shoulder. And as he said at the end of the weekend, he said, "The monkey is off my back." Yeah. And, and uh, uh, what yeah. kind of monkey? I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I have I, no idea what he's talking about. Monkey chip? Who knows? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't. Uh, well, but uh, yeah. So that's James Ignata, which we're actually gonna get back to him because he collected a f- couple of gold medals. Yeah. Um. So we'll talk about that. But we're gonna hop right into um. We'll just call it paddle tossing gate. How about that? How about paddle tossing party? Oh, paddle paddle. Paddle toss party. Yeah. Paddle party. Paddle. Yeah. Um, so again, over the weekend, it wasn't the best display of um, what what you would want someone to look up to. But hey, we all have, all have our faults. Um, we all get angry at sometimes on the court. Um, yeah. There's probably um, over 100 times I'd want to throw my paddle as well Yeah. Um, on the court. Yep. So, but uh, thankfully, I never have thrown it uh, in the way that we saw this weekend. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So, um, so DJ Young here. I think it was. Uh, was this a uh, semi-final? Or? This was. Yes. This was to go to the gold medal match. So all great players here. We have um, Fed, big Fed serving, um, DJ returning, and then uh, we Pablo see with the poach and oh. oh Goodness gracious. Um, so DJ out of frustration on match point, he does um, slam his paddle down on the floor. And just unfortunately, let's just talk about the unibody technology of the CRBN paddle. <laughs> okay. That thing just stays together. That and, thing and flew. And it just bounce, and, and the paddle just bounces. I, I don't think he was expecting that. Well, but, I, uh, I hope not. But whew, dude, um, here we go. Tomahawk. Mr. Volley. Okay, dude, I, I'm talking about, the, so DJ DJ Young, he throws this paddle on the ground and it bounces. I think it's 12 to 14 feet in the air. It has to be. It's high because what I just saw again. Oh, yeah. Um, Wait, hold on. Let's uh, play it one more time. I'm just going to make a quick sound effect Yeah. for, so, for when that paddle goes flying. You ready? Okay, ready? so here we go. DJ returns, miss volley, miss, um, out volley. So um, the, I got to say, and for, you know, for the right reason, the people in the crowd were not happy. Uh, they yeah. were not happy. I mean, you're watching a pickleball match. Next thing you know, a pickleball paddle's Jeez. flying at your head. I mean, I'd be a little ner- I'd be a little scared too. Um, yeah. So obviously, he let the um, best. He he let the what is it called? He let his emotions. He let get his emotions. Yeah. Get the best. <laughs> he he let him get a 
<laughs> go ahead, Kaden. He, he let you got the, it. He let his emotions get the best of him. Yes, for there sure. you go. For sure. um, and he did actually. I saw a public apology that he did on his Instagram. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, after this, what we don't see in this footage is Don Stanley, head ref, comes. It seems like comes to chirp him out. Oh, he he, is, he chewed him out for sure. Which is, I think, valid. And yeah. you actually, the thing that I didn't like there, and he probably, I know he was really frustrated already, but DJ kind of just tries to push him off. That's, and so what do you think about this situation? Um, and honestly, we, uh, what do you think about some repercussions or how PPA should handle this or should have handled this or maybe in the future, Caden? I mean, again, smashing your paddle is one thing, but once it goes um, to outside, once yeah. it goes outside, even in 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 tennis, yeah, right. Um, you know, people smash paddles, warnings all the time. But once it gets into the crowd, it's a different story. I mean, for sure. What do you think? What's your thoughts? I, I feel like you know, if this were if this were any type of sport, you know what I mean. Like it's it's one of those things where I I think it it would be reasonable for PPA to to look at like a one or two tournament suspension. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And like obviously, like. Knowing DJ well, I love DJ and I know he's an emotional guy. So for me, like I personally, I look at what he did and I don't shun him for it. But I also like if I were there right there, I would have been like, hey, DJ, I love you, dog. But we we can't be doing that type of stuff. You know what I mean? So like for me, especially as a baseball player, you know, I'm not even going to lie. I was that guy who if I struck out looking, looking, not not swinging, if I struck out looking, my helmet was getting tossed on the ground. My bat was getting thrown up against the fence. I was that kid, all right? And it took me one time to realize that it got close to someone, and I was like, oh. all right, I need to, I need to check myself here mm. because I can't, I, I can't be hurting someone else because I'm, I'm pissy about something. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so I think for DJ... I, I think... Because, I mean, I, I, like I said, I know DJ. I've seen him toss his paddles. I don't think he's ever had, yeah, you know that maybe that this, time where it hit someone. Maybe this was a little wake up call for, for him. sure. For because sure. I actually heard um, in Sacramento or something that something I read something that something happened. App Sacramento last week, last year. That, I don't know. I, I I may read into some comments that that something on the tossing side may have happened. But anyways, I don't remember it and I was there. Yeah, so I hmm. I really believe DJ will get better, learn from this experience. But yeah, I mean we see and actually any other sports and and i have actually saw this the other day with basketball i guess if you throw the basketball in nba now into the crowd or something oh yeah that's an automatic a, ejection oh for sure so um yeah we're we're in uncharted territory uncharted right. waters here but uh definitely something the ppa is going to be looking at for sure and um well because because you as a as a business like the ppa or nba or MLB or whatever it is, if you throw something into the crowd that no one is expecting and it hits someone and gives them even a black eye, I mean, that could be, you know, that could be trouble for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone could be looking to to sue, you know? And so luckily no one was hurt in this instance. Yeah. But like, like I said, all it takes is mm-hmm. one little thing. You know, my dad always used to say, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And it's true. I mean, like, 
all it takes is one little paddle to go flying into the stands and next thing you know someone's going to be in an uproar and filing some legal papers yeah so you know? a really really tough situation again hopefully he's going to learn from it i'm sure he would i honestly would never throw a paddle again after that in my whole life i uh, the paddle um, i would glue that paddle yeah. to my hand if i ever did something, something like that something like that yeah had but, something bad happen for sure but i mean going back um i know we talked about this before and you've heard this before but going back to when people really got on tyson for breaking his paddle over his knee out of frustration i'm telling you um you know what they did? There's, yeah. People were mad about oh, that? Oh, yeah. They were mad at him because, well, solely because, well, he's showing anger, okay, but at himself, but solely because of of the paddle and like, oh, that can kind of like, oh, that paddle can be go to the kids or it, it's, it's, you know what I mean? Those kinds of things. And then he kind of responded. Tyson said, hey, I do a lot, like kind of in a joking way, but dude, like I do a lot. I do. He teaches a lot of youth camps and things like that for free. But regardless, um, like regardless, you know, breaking something over your knee in frustration. Hey, I understand that that battle may cost a lot of money, but these pros have so much on the line. And hey, I, I would advocate for that. That rather that than throwing a paddle. Here's my sure. thing. All right, is if you guys are are playing on the pro tour or not. There's a lot of emotions behind playing pickleball yeah. and not recreationally. I mean, in tournaments. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you find that someone's upset about something, it's okay. Like it, it shouldn't be a bad thing to show emotion. You know what I mean? I feel like, especially from tennis, like I think the reason why Nick Kyrgios is like loved and hated yeah. is because of his behavior. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so... I agree that, you know, I would say tennis is is obviously different from pickleball, yeah. but there there shouldn't be any reason why you shouldn't uh, shouldn't be allowed to show your emotion. We're we're all human. Yeah. You know, so for me like you know, I've had moments where whew, I would love to snap a paddle over my knee. I would love to huck it yeah. over the fence, but you know what? I Part, part of the reason that we probably didn't do that is because we didn't get all these free paddles. So <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. well, I especially might I might've broken yeah. paddles in the past for sure. I actually, I think as a junior, I think when I was sponsored by engage, I didn't get that much stuff, but I think one time I just had it and I actually hucked a paddle into the fence and it like snapped. Oh. And it was, this was like when engages paddles were great, but they weren't that durable. Yeah. So I kind of just like hucked it at the fence and it's like snapped and then I went to go pick it up and I was like, ah, oh, crap, it's yeah. broken. <laughs> All right, know? I guess I won't do that yeah, again. Yeah, so like you saw that it was broken and you like came up to me and you were like, how'd that break? And I was like, I threw it. And then you actually were like, hey, like. Should have been like a third shot drop. <laughs> <laughs> but you were like, you were like, hey, like don't throw your paddles. And I was like, okay, okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah, that's fine. But, yeah, but um, big thing there, again, lessons learned. We'll see what happens in the future. But, you know, Again, talking about paddle tossing, we're going to um, go into the archives. And uh, this is publicly available to everybody. So yeah, um, you can find it on YouTube. It's just funny to see. Shout out to Jeff Warnick. Jeff, we would like to have you on the podcast soon. But uh, I'll uh, bring a four loco for you. There you go. Jeff Warnick is a, a pro, signed by Gearbox, I believe. Correct. Is he with Gearbox? Yeah. Um, you don't see him on the tour too much, but uh, it's because he has a full-time job. But um, yeah. he's he's definitely at the top he can compete with the top but this is um a few years ago and um four years five years four or five years ago to be 
to be exact, a Nationals here. We got Jeff overhead playing with Michelle Esquivel against Alex Hamner and Tyler Loom. Where's the sound? Where's the sound? We need the sound. Um, Give me the sound. Also, okay. Alex, come on, man. Hit that ATP. All right. Okay, we got some sound here. Oh. Oh, my goodness. I okay, so for the, for those of you that, uh, you know, are just listening to this, um, there's a little <laughs> there's a little exchange, firefight exchange between Tyler and Jeff Warnick, and he misses match point, it looks like. Yeah, obviously match yep. point at the net. At Nationals. And at Nationals, I'm sure tensions are flaring, and Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Warnick does a full kind of shot put, kind of like turn. You know how shot put, they like, they rotate a lot. Oh, for sure. He does a full kind of like shot put turn, and then he he ends Just up full on Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, full up, full on off the back foot on the front foot. Yeah, so good weight transfer there. You can see that that throw, the technique is the same as the overhead, but uh, that paddle, that may be the furthest paddle throw in history. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, the funniest part is the guy who posted it is Tyler Loom. <laughs> and not only did he post it, but he also <laughs> added the music <laughs> and and labeled it greatest paddle throw ever. Oh, shout out to Tyler Kaching. <laughs> Tyler, I don't know. I've always wondered. I don't know if that's your middle name or if that's just a play on, uh, I don't know, on something. Well, I, mean, I know like cars. You know, uh, like how Lightning McQueen says "kachow," but like I, I don't know. I don't, maybe his middle name is Kaching. I don't know. Okay, so shout out to Tyler. If you want to come on the podcast, dude, just let us know. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, Jeff Warnick throws it probably sixty to a hundred feet, and I, I, what I heard is that it did land on a court. Yeah, where people were playing close to somebody. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I think after this, this is a learning lesson. For I, sure. I don't think Jeff threw a paddle after this. No, no. I mean, not definitely not. Um, so it, it was, it was one of those things. I just remember when it happened, like everyone was talking about it. Everyone was yeah, like, Oh, yeah. what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And you know what happened? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. So but he definitely, he definitely got talked to, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And this was, I guess on the danger level side, this was definitely more, <laughs> a little bit more dangerous and I, I'm trying not to laugh, but if, if you watch this, if you go and watch this video, it's actually kind of funny. If you don't find this funny, then. I don't know. Maybe comedy is not for you. Yeah. Hold on. I'll say it with a straight face. It's not funny. It's not funny. Okay. So again, so that was a paddle gate, you know, paddle throw, paddle throwing party. Is that it was called it? Pad paddle tossing party. Yeah. And then on that same note though, let's, let's talk about on the women's side. Now I haven't seen many paddle throws on the women's side, but, uh, Salome Davidze, um, Let's jump right into the Davidze madness here. Yeah. Um, now, uh, there was a point there where she was playing Leia yep. in singles there, and she actually lost it a little bit. Um, out call there, and she slammed her, slammed the paddle down to the floor. So at least that one st stayed within bounds. You know what I you think know? it was? Well, she 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 slammed it face on. She yeah. slammed it face on, that, but it was also a Yola, so it didn't have the same was, same juice as the CRB. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know. So again, uh, there has to be something though, interesting, or maybe there is a warning issued on paddle throws now. It, is it, there? I mean, you know? so here's the thing: is is if if I think if DJ threw his paddle in the middle of the game or after game one, mm. I think there would have been a technical. Yeah, you know, for sure. 
or, well, or you, even maybe disqualification. You know, it would have been interesting if that happened during the match. Yeah. Um, because Don Stanley, I, I mean, you know what I mean? They yeah, couldn't right. say much to him. Well, actually, I will say in Vegas uh, two or three years ago, um, I watched a very new Thomas Wilson and AJ mm. Kohler play uh, Randy Zabindin and whoever his partner was. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, I think it was Matt Stop. Randy Zabinded ended up throwing his paddle after the game because he was pissed off. Yeah. And they uh, they disqualified him from that match. Wow. So um, I think if if DJ had thrown that paddle two points earlier or, th- or a game yeah. earlier, it would have been yeah. immediate disqualification, not only from that match mm-hmm. now, but I think because it was live streamed and all of that, I think I think he would have been disqualified from that tournament. Yeah, so really, really interesting situations. But on the the Vitze versus uh, Leia Leia Jansen, shout out to Leia. Um, obviously, the Vitze um, has is known for some questionable line calls. We kind of talked about that. And again, if you would like to maybe talk about that or defend yourself, Salome. You know, if you want to come on the pod, just... Uh, we'll you, listen. We're good listeners. You know where to find us. Right. But, uh, you know, obviously there's been some back and forth. And I think Leia and, Leia and um, Salome may not have the closest friendship uh, on, outside of the court. But yeah, um, I'd say that's valid. <laughs> but again, there was line calls, um, you know, really, really close ones. And in this one, actually, Leia had some close line calls. Um and, and we'll have to look at this. But anyways, Leia had some close line calls, which uh, Salome was not happy about. And, and Leia ended up winning it. Correct. Yeah. So w- about line calls again, too, Caden. I mean, I mean, you play a lot of tournaments. I've played a lot of tournaments. If Actually, if you guys go to my last uh, kind of vlog on singles, um, I, there was a lot of close calls. So it happens in the pro game all the time. Let's Let's talk about... Just what your thoughts are, how to be courteous also, but make, you know, how to, how to just be a good sport online calls when you're receiving it and when you are putting it out or calling it. And what do you think? Do you think there's a difference between rec and pro? You know what I mean? This is a, a, an interesting topic because I would say personally, I see hooking at every single level of pickleball, whether it's tournament or recreational. Mm. All right. Now, I would say as you get older, I have seen, I think I watched, it was very early in the morning, but I played at the PPA and it was very, very early in the morning and they had started kind of like, they started the men's singles 80 plus bracket. 80 plus. So the fact that these guys were even playing singles is was wait, wait, insane where, to me. Wait, where was this? PPA. Uh, oh, PPA JW 80 plus. 80 plus. It was crazy. Wow. But what I noticed is when these guys had a ball that was even close to the line, if they couldn't get it, they would just call it out. No. I am not kidding. No. Well, you know I am what? not What kidding. about their eyesight, though? I mean, maybe it was the thing. <laughs> no, but I, I... Dude, that's something. In a three-point span, I saw this guy call uh, the other guys sh- uh, serve short when it wasn't. Very next point, the guy hits a, a drive. <laughs> the guy hits a drive, like, right inside the line, maybe, like two inches inside the line and he calls it out 
And so, like, it was just, like, retaliation oh. back and forth within three points. Retaliation, line calling. Um, You yeah. know what? Between Leia and Salome, I don't know. I don't know if Leia, what she saw. One of them was really close. One of them looked a little bit in. But, hey. But how do you handle it on, on both ends? What do you do, Caden? Personally, I would never hook anyone. And... Not on purpose. I guess, course, I guess, I, I guess that's what hooking but, is called. But or, yeah, yeah, but okay. but I I would say personally, like I have good eyesight, so if I'm gonna call something out, I I'm I'm genuinely being honest in the fact that I I saw it a hundred percent out, and if I and if I'm not sure, you know what, I'm gonna say, hey, what did you think, you know? Because yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, if someone's even questioning it, I will say sometimes people like to question you just to kind of get you on edge. Yeah. All right. But what that does mean is you have to know for sure if it was out to call it out, all right? And people, I will say, on the pro tour and even in the amateur le- at the amateur level, people will play it off as they are sure even when they're not, right? Yeah. So it's tough, right? I mean, I would always say, hey, if you don't see it, if you're not a hundred percent sure, you should always you should always give give the point to that person. Yeah, yep. You know what I mean? If you are even questioning yourself slightly, you have you you have to be the bigger person. All right. And even if that means you lost the match, lose honestly. Hmm. You know what I mean? I would rather I would rather lose a match and have a close call where I wasn't sure, and I asked the guy, and he said, hey, man, like I, I genuinely thought that was in. If you genuinely yeah. think it was in, then I will give it to you. But if you're just saying I thought it was in because I want to win the match, uh-huh. screw you, <laughs> all right? But but also at the same time, like people know who they're playing against at the pro level. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's tough, and that's the interesting thing. It's like people will show up if you're playing amateur or whatever um, level, which I'm really what I mean, five or below. Yeah. Um, you're seeing different people. And again, you're, you know, if you make bad calls here and there on, let's say an accident on purpose, you may not see them again. So right. again, these pros play each other all the time. And, and the right. thing is these matches are, are live streamed. Yeah, for people sure. We're going to be seeing this. So, yeah. well, it's not the first time Salome has been a part of yeah. line calling controversy you know what i mean and i mean just usually yeah. she's the one that we're kind of like us yeah. salome what are you looking at there and like yeah I, w- I would say but it's also not the first time that like leia or Catherine have have made calls on her because they know that she did it to th- she did it to them too yeah so leave a comment below if there's uh if there's a rival out there in tournament play that consistently calls close balls out would you do the same is it ethically moral to uh, to retaliate with a little bit of line college back? I don't know. Yeah. I've I've heard. Uh, I just saw that posted, and I was like, ah, good question. Yeah, um, it's not my thing, but I don't know. What about you? Yeah, um, I definitely wouldn't want to do that. But yeah. um, you know, Leica saw what she can saw uh, saw. She yeah, saw true. what she saw. So yep. again, you know, we don't know what people are thinking at the moment, but um, just in general, if that's you make the best line call you can and you're right Kate. and if you win or lose it'd be nice to know you won or lose you won or lost the right way yep win honestly you know right if, if you guys want to win win and earn it don't that's win cool. and cheat that's just, that's just me i mean now i always joke around and say if you're not cheating you're not trying but also at the same time 
be honest. Come on, guys. <laughs> so that doesn't really uh, match up, but uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, we, no, we, no. we hear that all the time. But speaking on line calls, there was a, um, is it a gold medal match? We had Julian Arnold and uh, Lauren. Lauren Stratman, yeah. Lauren Stratman yeah, yeah. versus Thomas Wilson. Yeah. And Vivian David. And, yeah. and I, you didn't see this, Caden, but I, I told you. I'm sorry, I don't have the video, but I'm just going to explain what happened. Uh, there was a questionable line call. Um, there was some rallies going on, and then Julian Arnold hit a topspin roll dink um, to the even side there. And Vivian saw it out, so she pointed her finger. But she wasn't, it looked like she wasn't 100% sure because the first reaction of Julian's like, <gasps> you know that, you know, when it's close, your, your, your opponent, your, I think it's natural. When it's close, your opponent's like, are you serious? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. And again, shout out to Vivian because she's the nicest woman on tour still. Yeah. Uh, she's great. And Vivian's never trying to hook no, anybody. No, 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 no. And she, uh, it's just so funny because, uh, yeah. So anyways, there was no challenges remaining or whatever. And then yeah. what happens is, is this is the funniest thing I've seen. They walk back, um, commercial break. You kind of see right before the commercial, Julian Arnold gets on his phone. And then like Lauren's right there. And then he's like, and this is funny because this is actually hilarious uh, content here because he he like, you know, looks look at his phone. He's trying to rewatch the replay. And then after, I think it's after it comes back from commercial, you see all four of them looking <laughs> at it. And then Julian's like, you see, see I told you. And then Vivian's there just smiling, being nice. And King Julian, man. King Julian doing King Julian things. Yeah, but you know what? Um, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. How did that, I don't, how would you, what do you think the PPA needs to do about line calls and about like, so currently right now, Kate, and I guess, you know, on the big matches, there does everyone have two challenges or one? How does that play out right now? That's only championship Sunday. Yeah. You know, so it's... I mean, gosh, we, you would think we have the technology <sighs> to at least you know, you know look what's funny is Kind of how like in tennis, how they have that, you know, that replay review. Yeah. Um, you, you and on. like, yeah. I mean, literally like, it's not just camera views. It's like technology where like the shadow of the ball yeah, yeah, is yeah. like, it, it knows exactly where that ball is. You're yeah. not just looking at a camera going... I think I touched the line, didn't yeah. Did that touch the line? Kathy, can you see this? Come check it out. Did, yeah. did that ball touch the line? No, like, I mean, in tennis, that that algorithm or video, whatever, review, whatever it is, it is so accurate. Yeah, it's called, it's called the Hawkeye. And the, one, Hawkeye. Of the, one of the reasons why we don't have that, it's very, very expensive, what, yeah. I, what I've heard. Um, but again, even having, I mean, even having a super slow motion camera at the baseline it helps. would. And it's would help and, yeah. and i know the ppa is getting better at that actually mlp did it really well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right mm -hmm. so whatever equipment they were yeah. using the only um, thing i will say is like i used to tell people all the time pickleball will take its leap towards tennis once we have hawkeye you know and like every match that's live streamed you are allowed three challenges I would say two challenges. Actually, no, game. you're right. You're right. You get even two timeouts. You get two timeouts. Yeah. Three, two, two challenges. Honestly, even one challenge a, a game would be sufficient. Actually, you know what? You know? you know what it should be? One challenge. If you win your challenge, you yeah, get to keep you, it. Yeah, there you go. If if you lose it, you're done. Yeah. I I, I feel yeah. like that's fair. I feel yeah. like that's fair. You know, each yeah. game you get a challenge. Come on. Yeah. So um, that was some of the crazy things that happened at this tournament. And again, let's. Hop into some 
let's hop into some of the brackets here. And again, of course, this weekend, Ooh. we got some upset alerts, upset alerts um, on call here, yeah. ready. And again, this is, I think, the very first PPA this year that Anna Lee and Ben Johns were not there. Correct. So yeah. obviously, as you know, when that happens, um, floors wide open. Right. And you know what? When they're not there, things mix around. And along with that, let's talk about winter and flight cancellations. Yeah. <laughs> Kaden, uh, he was, uh, Kaden was talking, we were talking about this a little bit before the pod. And again, now it's in Minnesota for whatever reason, a whole bunch of flights got delayed, canceled. So there were multiple, multiple teams yeah. that literally couldn't make the draw, which really just messes up everything. Well, I mean, right. I mean, I think there were a lot of people who were planning to come in on Wednesday and uh, it just magically happened that in Minnesota, they got, I want to say, like 10 to 15 inches of snow. So with that kind of weather, uh, I don't think you're going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So going to Minnesota, getting out of Minnesota, that's just not realistic. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of, especially for um, for some of those people who, who maybe don't play singles or don't play... Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, don't play singles and yeah. try and come in on Thursday. Yeah, and, and want to play mixed doubles on Friday and then uh, doubles on uh, gender doubles on on Saturday. I mean, there were people who were planning to come in on Thursday and couldn't get on their flight. Yeah, no, no, really, really cra crazy how weather can affect things. Yeah, but um, I don't know what's happening with this brackets. But anyways, we won't look at the brackets. Let's just mention a few things here. For men's pro doubles, we got finally the quiet boys. Yeah. Uh, we got, I don't know, I just th thought of that. But <laughs> quiet boys. I don't know. The mutes. Uh, I wouldn't say they're mutes. You, I would you, say you, the... you, you were saying mute on the other podcast. <laughs> but anyways, Dylan Fraser, J.W. Johnson, the fast hands. Oh, yeah. Um, team fast hands, team counter. Um, they got men's pro doubles gold, um, Federico Stackstrude, Pablo Tellez, which I think played great. Yeah, no, uh, they were the they were the surprise of the tournament for sure. Yeah, they got silver, and then Matt Wright, Riley Newman, interestingly enough, got bronze. Right. And you said they, um, Dylan Fraser and J Dub J Dub took them out, right? Yes. So personally, what what I noticed uh, is, I mean, you you have to kind of realize, especially for Matt that there are guys that are that can play. You know, there are guys that are are you know, if they play well, they're 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 there. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I think it's been a a long time coming for for Dylan and JW. Oh yeah, Dylan to, to you know, to kind of yeah. capture a title like this. And and even last year when Dylan and JW played, they took down Ben and Colin last year. Yes. Yeah. But they ended up not even winning at all. Yeah, and then just looking at the match, I mean, you, you see Dylan Frazier's game, probably one of the best hands, best counter punchers. Actually, both of these guys, Dylan Frazier and J.W. Johnson, they're really hard to attack. Right. One thing, I mean, man, J.W. has been a force, and he has it all. Yeah. He has all the shots. He's so nasty at, at the net with his yeah. rolls. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it's hard to come in even on your third. Yeah. So one thing, though, um, and I heard this talked about a little bit, but the one thing that J-Dub 
could add if I was coaching him Ooh. is off the bounce speed ups, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has everything. And I think that his hands are so good and Dylan's hands are so good that if he just initiated attacks yeah, like Riley does, right, dude, they would be unstoppable. So I just think he's a little bit too patient, but again, obviously I'm just, I'm just thinking outside the box, but obviously yeah. this has shown how good they are, but I'm talking about if if Dylan Frazier, J Dub, if you guys want to keep competing for golds, I think that's what it's gonna take. Right. Because JW, your your dinks are freaking great, but your hands are so good. Dude, start speeding up off the bounce. What, right. what do you think about that, dude? I, I actually I, I think you're spot on with that because when you when you look at JW and Dylan, I would describe Dylan. them as and I, I would say, actually, Dylan is a little bit more offensive off the he bounce. Is. He but, is. But he's also still a very patient player. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I would I would look at these two and say, okay, these guys are guys where either Dylan is speeding up and JW is cleaning up. Yeah. Or they're both staying patient and waiting for you to yeah. try something dumb. And all they're going to do is just counter on you because yeah. their hands are so damn fast. And again, against Riley and Matt, I think they're, they're tough. And then obviously the Johns, they've, right. they've gotten close. But... You know, um, so with, with both of their counters being fast, JW could freaking speed up, then Dylan and could cl close, yeah, or right. Dylan could speed up and JW can close. Right. So I don't well, know, guys. Both of them can speed up and both of them can close. Yeah. Hey, they so both you, can do it. Yeah. So, you know? a sh so shout out to, to Dylan and JW. That's a really good showing there. Now let's talk about men's pro singles. James Ignatowicz. Yeah. Um, let's give it up for, for Mr. Monkey's office back. <laughs> good stuff my man yeah so james um interesting guy funny guy obviously we just talked about his interviews but uh he got gold here jw johnson for silver and jay jay delivier for bronze and you know yeah. what's really interesting is um so jw took federico out yeah right so so jw was the eight seed yeah i mean i don't think that's should be right but it's not super accurate but um but honestly i think last Honestly, this year JW hasn't done that well in singles. Like he hasn't he hasn't gotten any silvers. He's, it's just he's been, taken a step back in single. I think he's. Yeah. I I think he's still getting used to his new paddle. Yeah, things like that. But again, what we saw here, dude. J. I mean, to take Federico out, dude. J. JW Johnson played crazy good. Yeah. I mean, it was it was nuts. And then what I saw is, and then we saw in the gold medal match, James Ignatovich. I mean, kind of roll through J-Dub in the first game. Played lights out, dude. And then the second game was, the second game was was close. But I look, if you showed me this, James Ignatovich gold, J-W silver, um, I would have not believed you. I, I did not know James was that good of a singles player. Oh, really? I, 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 I knew he was know. a good singles player. So the first time I actually saw James was last year when I played South Carolina Uh it was an APP in South Carolina, and uh, actually the final was JW and James Ignatowicz. Um oh. and that's when that's when J uh, JW was was still kind of like the yeah. top dog as a singles player. Like mm. Federico actually got bronze in that tournament. Got it. Um, but it's but it's funny to see kind of how how equal they kind of are now, and and even like kind of taken over yeah. in terms of that. So I I always kind of knew James was a good singles player and he always kind of was in that bronze or fourth place kind of stand when it came to playing last year on the APP and yeah. PPA. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, 
Guy played absolutely lights out. He played absolutely lights out. It yeah, was dude. it was cool to see. Yeah, so James, I mean, one thing that I've, you know, been seeing more and more, obviously his speed, his court coverage is really good. Uh two-handed backhand, super solid, probably better than his one uh his forehand drive. But you know what? Oh, yeah. What I saw in singles, I was like, you know what, I haven't seen James really drive any balls and doubles. But I saw he has a good forehand drive too. So he yeah. doesn't really have any holes in his game. He can he can volley, he can close really well. One thing, um, James I that I would recommend is what's really interesting, uh, if you watch James Ignata, which is serve, it's good. But he, I mean, he starts like right here. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know, with zero backswing. Yeah. And, and again, I think if he just swings out, James, if you're out there and you're listening, if you just swing out on your serve like you're hitting your forehands, I think you can I think you can put a little bit more pressure on your serve. I mean, you're already winning with that serve. I think, again, I, I think of Ben Johns over time, how he's improved his serve because his serve oh, for sure. two years ago didn't used to be what it is today but right. thoughts on that i mean have you seen james's serve i mean um, i have and you, you know what it's, what do you think about my assessment it, it's though? funny i actually i 100 percent agree with you well, I, especially, I look at it especially serve. in singles right yeah, doubles yeah, it's right. okay to serve that way but right i just think it can put a lot more no for sure i i think actually when i first saw his serve i was like damn i was like it kind of just looks like he's kind of arming it yeah there. and i was like <laughs> a little well, bit yeah i was like <laughs> i mean it works like he's, yeah, he's yeah. still getting the job done with yeah. it but like I feel like he could win so many easier points, yeah. especially with his frame and his size. Oh, like, man, he could be serving it like he could I, serve it like Deckel, like, like Deckel or yeah. something. You know, you know why not? Yeah, and and on that, really quick, let's talk about Servegate here. Mm. Um, you know what? There's a lot of obviously. I think we talked about this a little bit, but what do you think about? You know, um, we got Deckel Tyson. We got a a lot of the guys. Um, a few ladies too that are are raising that bar for sure raising the contact point up what is the solution here um because again right now naval height again how can you call it in real time there's no way that a ref can call it in real time so i have one solution in mind but i hate it okay so i have a solution in mind but i hate it i'm gonna get to that but what is your thoughts Oh, well, personally, I don't really think, I don't really think there's anything you can do. Yeah. It's, it, there's, there's too many, like there's a solution, but there's also a problem with it. There's a solution and then there's a well, problem. So what, what, you know what, what, I mean? what, what so, would your solution be then? I mean, you could say, all right, you have two referees, um, two referees on, on every court, right? Obviously there's not enough referees for that. So there's, there's problem number one, Right. But let's say there's two referees on every court. Yeah. One referee watches the kitchen line. One referee is watching the baseline and serves. Yeah. Well, let right. me let me tell you this though. Per rule, USAPA guidebook, rule book, whatever. Um, obviously, there's a wrist. Paddle has to be below the wrist. I think that needs to be totally taken out. There's an right. up, upward motion, but the main thing is below navel. Here's right. the problem. Here is the major issue. Right. Um. Where's anyone's navel? No, but you cannot unless it's true on your shirt you get something printed with a line, right? Like there's or or people play shirtless, which would be weird. That would be a little odd. Um, but again, there's no there's zero way to tell. So that's right. the problem. And again, the 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 solution that I hate that I 
do not recommend, but it's the only solution to actually keep it. It's the only solution to actually keep it valid is a drop serve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate that too. I, I don't know if you knew I was going there. I wasn't, I wasn't sure but, where you were going but with that. If but. you want to keep everything legal, everyone could drop it from whatever. Obviously we know the ball, obviously it just, I don't know. Obviously just for me, it just looks terrible for the game. Maybe we just say, screw it and just start doing overhead serves. <laughs> I mean, I mean, dude, and, and this is so kind of cool. Yeah, but it, it's, it's gonna, it wouldn't be cool. It would be really, really hard to return. <laughs> I actually have a video coming out soon on that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But regardless, I just don't think there's a good solution. The drop serve is one. But again, I think if it's blatantly obvious, refs are going to call it. But if it's close, what, what can people do? Well, you know what's funny is, I don't know if you've seen this, but last year in Newport Beach, Jay yeah. and Tyson were playing each other yes. in singles. Yes. So we have, we, yeah. And yeah. there was like that one time where like oh, Jay thought like yeah. Tyson's serve was too high, so he started serving at, over here at chess. You know what they called yeah. it? Oh, a reserve. A reserve. Oh yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Like if 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 he's gonna serve like that, and he's blatantly serving like that, and you just saw it, why would he reserve it? That should be no, no, no. But here's here's the problem. No, no, but Caden, here's the problem. If somebody is blatantly non-blatantly serving from above waist level like Tyson and it's close, you got to call a reserve on that. So it just makes sense. They, they can't, it's a fine line. I mean, then, then if, it's, if you serve over your waist and that's, that's the rule. If, if there, yeah. if it's a rule, you should lose your surf. I've seen someone lose their oh, serve yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've seen oh, an yeah. amateur lose a serve on it. Why doesn't, yeah. I, I, well, just, that, I don't that, get yeah, why you're, it would you're be right about that. Yeah. I'm just saying that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So whether you're blatantly doing or not blatantly doing yeah. it, but that's the thing. You should lose that, your serve. Well, if, yeah. Exactly. That's the thing why Jay was really mad is because they weren't calling Tyson on it. Right. Right. But so, then Tyson was like, well, wait, hold on a second. How are you going to call that a reserve when he's actually doing that on purpose? Actually, he really got mad about, it wasn't even that initially. He got mad about him serving that way. It went out. And oh, then and they then, still yes, let right, him reserve. Right. So that was the problem. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they'll probably fix that. Interesting. Um, you know who was the ref? Who was it? Adam McKinnon. Oh, wait, no way. Santa Rosa, Adam McKinnon. Okay, a little stomping grounds past uh, in our Bay Area mm -hmm. um, pickleball adventure. Shout out to Adam. Um, but yeah, so that that's that. Um, and then what else do we got going on? Um, well, we have uh, the PPA Florida tournament coming on next weekend. But you know what? This weekend is a weekend off for professional pickleball. Um, okay. So I will let you guys know there is a uh, Southwest Diamond Regional being hosted at Legacy this weekend. So if you guys wanted to go uh, watch a little amateur tournament, there is uh, the highest level at 5-0. There is a bracket. Um, so if you guys are in the area of Arizona and you want to either go play some pickleball or go watch some pickleball, Legacy Sports is your place. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a good tournament. Yeah. All right, Caden. Uh, actually, two more things here. Don't click off here. These are going to be uh, good, interesting topics here. Um, you know, we talked about this last time, and we actually made a note about it, how we're going to bring it up. Now, last tournament, we did see, I've heard from other people too, at the pro level, not going to name names today, but uh, <laughs> there are multiple teams, multiple personalities, multiple pro players that... Um, did not show the best example of body language on the court 
with her partner. And um, yeah, again, I think the note I made from last uh, last week, I, you're probably gonna remember this when I say it now, kid. Be a good partner. Remember? And then yeah. you said, well, well, and then I wrote, what does, what does a good partner look like? And then would you rather play with the best player or the best partner? So those are my questions to you. And you, we said we were going to talk about it today. So again, with, with pay, players playing tournaments, you're out there, you're trying to look for a partner. Um, obviously there's a lot of people that you can pick from those things like that. What does that mean? Uh, what does being a good partner mean to you? What does it look like? And if it was your choice, I mean, do you want to play with someone who's just really good or, or is the chemistry and, and, and being a good partner really set in a, in a good, good stage in your mind? Yeah. I, I feel like this is actually a really good topic to talk about because you really do see a lot of different types of people in pickleball. Yeah. All right. Now that doesn't mean you have to get along with everybody. But as a partner standpoint, if you're playing either with someone you've played with for the thousandth time or for yeah. the first time, it is really, 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 I can't say really more than I'm saying now, but really important that you are a positive, reassuring, mm -hmm. yeah. and kind pickleball partner. Um, because when you're playing, here's the thing is if you're playing well and your partner isn't playing well, I can 100% guarantee that they are not sabotaging you on purpose, which means they mm. are giving their full 100%. Yeah. Maybe they're, it's not their day. Yeah. But what they're not doing is giving up and just saying, F this, I'm over it. Mm. I don't want to be here. They are still giving themselves to you and they are still giving their time to you. That's so really good, man. if you're playing with someone and they're not playing well, the last thing they need is the pressure of your negativity. Yeah. Right? So if you start eye rolling, you start tossing your paddle on the ground, let me tell you, it does you and it does your partner absolutely no good. Well, it's, it's the opposite. It's, it's, it's negative. I mean, it will downward spiral. From oh, that. yeah. It'll yeah. Wait, what did I say? Oh, no, no. You, oh, did, you oh, said... It's not going to do them good, but it's it's not just going to do them good. It's it's actually worse. It's, it tanks. It, yeah, it, it yeah. gets worse. It just gets worse. Yeah, yeah for sure. Especially yeah. if you have matches after that. Oh yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Um. And again, like if you, yeah, you're. That's that's just a really good take there. Again. Um. And we we partnered up for a couple of tournaments, Kaden. Yeah, we did. We did fairly well in one, I think, and the other one we did all right. But yeah. Um. There was, you know, honestly, that was my first tournament back, and. You know, had a little bit of nerves. There was a few, few games I wasn't playing good, and I I did appreciate the, uh, yeah, just keeping it positive. Always, I think that's always. I think that's really important. And again, a, a few points here and there, you you pull together. If you're if you kind of stick out the positivity, it could For sure. it could turn around actually. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. I think that's something that we all can work on. Yeah. No, I I would say I've seen people be down 8-0 in a game to 15. I've seen people down 8-0 in yeah. a game to 15, and instead of being negative Nancy, they turned things around and said, okay, you know what? At that, at that little one-minute timeout on the switch, they said, all right, let's get things together. Let's yeah. go. And you know what? They, I've seen people pull that match out. So it's not impossible, but it, but it starts with your mindset, yeah. right? And, and how you are able to turn things around based off of, how you treat your partner. 
Yeah. You know, if you're down eight zero and you're like, oh, this this is terrible. Like, what are we doing? Like, that doesn't help anyone. You know. Yeah. You being on the court and giving your partner an eye roll or like screaming at yourself or screaming at someone else, it, it doesn't. It really doesn't do anything. Having no energy on the court, it 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 just makes matters worse. Yeah. No, for sure, man. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um, last segment here. Uh, we get emails all the time um, from players, from people. Obviously, on our email list, uh, we we share a lot of um, good pickleball tips and things like that. So if you would like weekly pickleball tips sent to your inbox and, and good in pickleball insight, just go to briannaspickleball.com, join our newsletter there. But um, sometimes we get emails like this one. Um, subject title, help, comma, please, period. Whoa. Um, now this is, this is going to be a, um, do you tell them to, to send it like that? So, you know, to no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, we don't even ask for things like this, but sometimes it happens. So this is a little segment, which I call, um, pickleball drum. Okay. Uh, local drum. <laughs> okay. But you know what? People are dealing with the sport growing. People are dealing with things all the time. So part, partly this is a little, a little funny. Um, and again, the person that sent it in, I won't name the name. You may listen to this. And if you do, maybe we're going to get, you'll get some good comments and feedback on it's partly funny in a way, but obviously this is really serious stuff that people deal with. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I want to get your take on this. <laughs> God. Now a lot of it, a lot. Yeah. So again, you know what, if you want, if you have a, um, a funny story, if you have an interesting story, if you have a question, something that's really brewing up in your community pickleball wise, or if you just had a strategy question that we want, uh, that you would want us to answer. Actually, we're going to do some Q and A's. So dump those comments below. Um, yeah. ask us anything, ask us anything. And we, we will answer your questions in a, a live maybe or pre-recorded, but a live Q and a session where me and Kaden can just answer away. But it says here, um, from um, a known author. Okay. Jordan, can you tell me where I could find pickleball court rules when one tennis court is used for four pickleball courts? In my new, in my new master plan community, we have three tennis courts. <laughs> one court remains striped for tennis and has four rolling portable pickleball nets. The HOA claims that any person signing up for one pickleball court gets the entire tennis court to themselves, meaning all four pickleball courts. This often leaves three courts unused, which makes no sense. <laughs> I'm searching for written rules regarding this identical situation to, pr to prove that when you reserve a pickleball court, you are claiming only one of four courts to play on. Um... Tell me, what are your thoughts on this? And please direct me where I could find pickleball rules to address this problem. <laughs> because many players think this is a waste of space. Thank you. Signed, unknown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that almost made me fall out of my chair. Oh man. So we, uh, what? I, I know um, maybe, Kaden, you're not the best uh, to answer this, but you know what? You deal with a lot of, um, a lot of players. And, and what's interesting is... And not funny, but I have obviously have dealt with a lot of different students and players. And there's a lot of 
tension in communities and there i mean this is their not their livelihood but this is what they live for people are are what would what would you say what would you say kid and do you get the context i i i get it and yet (laughs) i kind of just if you're reserving that court take it you know what i mean shoot i i personally would love to have a court where there's four courts and you know what i'm the only one there you know, because because I'm gonna be honest, be, living in the Bay Area and playing pickleball for you know three or four years while I was playing in the Bay Area, yeah, I don't think there was ever a time where I wasn't getting kicked off a court after playing a game. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, if, if if there are no tennis players complaining about, well, let's assume there there are though. There are okay. There are that's well, the problem. Maybe just maybe you have to start recruiting people to come play. There you go. You know what so I mean? I, w- I was just going to say that. Again, yeah. it's 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 partly we want to be courteous um, to people, but obviously if you reserve the court, you reserve the court. So if you have like, you know, a tennis court, then you have four pickleball courts lining it on it, then obviously you reserve it, but you show up with one person to drill with, then there's two or three tennis players that are looking at you. There's going to be some tension there. What I would suggest kind of in this situation, again, HOA is going the rules. There's no unibody or there's no right. like official rule book for this. Um, <laughs> right. Your your HOA and stuff is going to have to um, kind of just enforce things, really enforce things and yeah. figure that out. But what I would suggest to if you're gonna if someone's gonna reserve a court, don't just reserve one. I mean, reserve one, but invite ten other people so that right. they're on the other courts too. So yeah, it just right. looks better. Have a have a pickleball party that day or something. I don't know. PP. Yeah. Pickleball party. That's right. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, if you have any any uh, stories or questions like that, send them in. I don't know. Leave a comment below. I'm sure. I'm actually a thousand million percent sure. I know that's wow. not a number. That's that's very confident. I'm a thousand million percent. There's like <laughs> at least two dozen people in the situation. Yeah. <laughs> so. So yeah, as pickleball is growing, as the sport is growing, a lot of things to figure out. Um, it's a very exciting time for pickleball, but like we talked about, about rules, about the serve, there's a whole bunch of things to still be worked out. Yeah, I, I think there's always a lot of uh, you know question and controversy when it comes to what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Um, so you know what? I actually love that Mr. Anonymous here sent us an email because... It's better than just going up to some random Joe Schmo and being like, hey, what do I do here? And just getting an opinion of someone's. Um, now, obviously, you're getting our opinion. Um, but yeah. but but that being said, I mean, I would say as far as pickleball goes, you and I do have some some good knowledge on, on what's going on, what's right, what's wrong. Um, and in this situation, I mean, there's really no right or wrong. You kind of just have to kind of yeah. ask HOA what's going on, yep. you know? And then, and then the rules are the rules. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, until they change that serve rule and don't let people serve at shoulder high and reserve it, um, <laughs> people, I mean, I might throw in some shoulder high serves on my next tournament. What do you uh, think? If they're going to let you reserve it, shoot, why not? You know? <laughs> why not? Anyways, uh, that wraps up um, this episode. Again, stay tuned for some future ones. We have some really, really good ones coming out. Um, some exciting ones for sure. Exciting ones. Um, we couldn't get it out soon. It will be out uh, in a little bit. Yeah. Maybe with some top players that you Ooh. may idolize and know. So Some familiar faces. Some familiar faces. So stay tuned for that. 
Um, again, thanks so much for watching. Last thoughts, Caden? Thank you guys for watching. Um, I just like to say, mom, dad, I love you. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks so much for watching everybody. And uh, hey, keep pickling. Keep right. pickling. Moms and dads out there, we really appreciate you. Grandmoms and grand granddads out right. there, we appreciate you Tell too. Tell your family you love them. There you go. You never know when the last time you're going to be thinking with somebody. So even on the court, be appreciative. Yeah. Yeah. Be appreciative. Be kind. Be, be kind. kind. Goes a long way. Yep. All right. See you guys in the next episode. Deuces. Deuces.